Hello and welcome to our service for harvest and the season of creation. My name's Helen Ann Hartley and I'm the Bishop of Ripon in the Diocese of Leeds. We're at St John's Church in the village of Sharrow, which is the village where we live. And it's in the Ripon Episcopal area, one of five Episcopal areas that make up the Diocese of Leeds. The diocese was formed in the year 2014 by the bringing together of three historic dioceses of Bradford, Wakefield and Ripon and Leeds. And it's a joy for me to share in ministry with my Episcopal colleagues under the oversight of the diocesan bishop, the Bishop of Leeds, Nick Baines. We are a large and diverse area, ranging from urban to rural and everything in between. We're celebrating harvest and the season of creation, mindful that for those who work in agriculture, this is a very busy time of year, right in the middle of harvest. Our rural communities and their diversity offer as many challenges and opportunities, connectivity, housing, schools, hidden poverty and loneliness. And there are many examples of the witness and value of faithfulness to place over many generations. Our gospel reading from Luke both challenges us with a command not to worry and encourages us with what we can learn about ourselves and about God when we are tuned in to our surroundings. Some of the material in this service can be found in the Church of England's brand new book of prayers, readings and other resources for creation and the environment, a time for creation, which churches are using for the first time this year. I'm joined here at St John's by parish priest, the Reverend Ruth Newton, who's going to tell us a little bit about the church's environmental mission. Ruth. Our ecological mission is um, very important to us as it acts as a catalyst um, for the whole of our mission, enabling us to build partnerships and make inroads into the community. We're a silver eco-church and our churchyard, which is managed to maximise biodiversity, is recognised as a county wildlife site. Thank you, Ruth. We gather now in prayer and in worship of God, who is Father, Son and Holy Spirit, also looking outwards and listening to stories of farming and the creative arts. Listen, connect, reflect and consider our place in the world and what it means to belong. Be challenged and inspired as the Holy Spirit speaks to us afresh this day. Grace, mercy and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ be always with you. Blessed are you, Lord God, creator of heaven and earth. Your word calls all things into being, and the light of dawn awakens us to life. May your wisdom guide us this day, that we may cherish and care for your good creation, and offer to you the sacrifice of our lips, praising you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit.
as those who know the generosity of God, let us confess our sins, especially the ways in which we take creation and God's gifts for granted. Lord, you give us this good earth, yet we take your generous gifts for granted. Lord, have mercy. Lord, you give us this good earth, but we squander its rich resources. Christ, have mercy. Lord, you give us this good earth, but we fail to share your bounty with all of your children. Lord, have mercy. Almighty God, who in Jesus Christ has given us a kingdom that cannot be destroyed, Forgive us our sins, open our eyes to God's truth, strengthen us to do God's will, and give us the joy of his kingdom, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Our first reflection is with Neil Heseltine, chair of the Yorkshire Dales National Park Authority, and whose family have farmed for generations near Malham Cove. Well, my name's Neil Heseltine and I live and farm in Malham, in the Yorkshire Dales National Park. So my dad moved here in 1950. Uh, my parents got married. They moved into the farmhouse in sort of, in when they were married, 57, around about there. Uh, but I was away. I'd sort of went to school and then away, away to college. And it wasn't until I actually started farming full-time in 2001. And that was mainly as a result of the foot and mouth epidemic. I was working off the farm. Uh, but when that came along, I ended up being here and I've sort of farmed here full-time since then. In about 2004, we got involved with the Yorksdale's National Park and the, and the Limestone Country Project, which was like a conservation grazing scheme that they delivered. And it's not until you look back now, but you start to see how much an influence being involved in that has changed the sort of our course in terms of how we're farming. Behind you can see um, Malham Cove, for one thing, but also some of the Belty Galloways that we have. And, and it was that um, limestone country project that meant that we got involved with the Belty Galloways and got involved with conservation grazing, which is really about grazing in a way which promotes nature, promotes biodiversity <laughs> on the farm. And I think it was that, um, being involved with that, that we sort of realised that we could farm, we could produce food on the farm, but at the same time in harmony with nature to promote biodiversity and really get a balance between the food we produce and the natural environment that we're living and working in at the moment. You know, it, it gives me a really good feeling when I'm out on the hills, out on the, looking the stock, uh, that both m my father and my grandfather's probably walked all these hills before me. And, and that does give you a sense of belonging, there's no doubt about that. I, I'm just sort of, I'm not sure why it gives you a good feeling. I'm not sure whether that has any value to anybody outside of that, but for us it definitely has a sense of belonging and a sense of place. I mean, obviously we're in the middle of, a, of the COVID pandemic. Um, there's Brexit happening at the moment and that's bringing all sorts of issues towards to the farming world with trade deals and that sort of thing but I think to be honest with you the biggest issue we're all facing at the moment and this is particularly relevant to to Yorkshire's National Park work and farming and agriculture globally is uh, is climate change and uh, and I just think that everything we do at the moment has got to have some form of responsibility and duty towards the work that we do, the way we live, has got to have some responsibility towards climate change. And we're working really closely on that as a national park. And hopefully we need to be doing that as an industry as well. 
I personally believe that farming and agriculture generally has to sort of take a change in direction. Uh, I think that the changes that we've made to farm, we, we feel has been of benefit to us, both sort of within the, the landscape, the wildlife, the, the farm, and actually to us as people and, and families and a family. Um, and for me, I believe that, that getting that balance between the, as I say, the food we produce and the nature that's on all our farms, I actually think that is a more um, fulfilling role for us as farmers. And I personally believe it's a more profitable role as well. So I think it's a win-win situation. So I, I think there's a real lot of hope for, for farming and uh, as we go forward. Our first reading is given by Darius Traves, an ordinand who has been here on placement at St John's. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land, a land with flowing streams, with springs and underground waters welling up in valleys and hills, a land of wheat and barley, of vines and fig trees and pomegranates, a land of olive trees and honey, a land where you may eat bread without scarcity, where you will lack nothing, a land whose stones are iron and from whose hills you may mine copper. You shall eat your fill and bless the Lord your God for the good land that he has given you. Take care that you do not forget the Lord your God by failing to keep his commandments, his ordinances and his statutes which I am commanding you today. When you have eaten your fill, and have built fine houses and live in them, and when your herds and flocks have multiplied, and your silver and gold is multiplied, and all that you have is multiplied, then do not exalt yourself, forgetting the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery, 
who led you through the great and terrible wilderness, an arid wasteland with poisonous snakes and scorpions. He made water flow for you from flint rock, and fed you in the wilderness with manna that your ancestors did not know, to humble you and to test you, and in the end to do you good. Do not say to yourself, My power and the might of my own hand have gotten me this wealth. But remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth, so that he may confirm his covenant that he swore to your ancestors, as he is doing today. Our second reflection is with Kate Dale in the middle of harvest on her family farm in the Vale of York. My name's Kate Dale and I farm in partnership with my husband Ben uh, in the Vale of York. It's a mixed farm. We're obviously in an arable field here, so we're just rounding up on the wheat harvest. We've still got a few beans to combine and some spring rape, but we're getting there now. But we also have cattle for beef and some sheep as well. So I think we're a fairly traditional family mixed farm. I think we feel extremely privileged to have been able to put down roots somewhere. I'm a farmer's daughter. My father farmed here as a tenant before we came here. Um, ben is part of a farming family. He was the youngest of four brothers, so there was really no chance he was going to be able to farm at home. We got the opportunity to come here 31 years ago, and it, for me, it was like coming home. I'd done other things, but um, it's, it's wonderful to be somewhere where you can really feel that you belong. We've got two sons who we brought up here. They had a wonderful childhood, and they still love coming back here. We would normally have had lots of summer shows, including the Great Yorkshire Show. None of that's happened this year, sadly. We did manage to create a virtual Great Yorkshire Show, which I think went down well with people. But we've missed the little village shows. I was due to be president of Alborough and Boroughbridge Show this year, our local show, and that wasn't able to go ahead. So that's been a great sadness. And also, I think the farming fraternity have missed that. Many of them haven't been able to get into the livestock markets very often either. So we've kind of lost a lot of our normal social interactions. Uh, but that's not to say that we haven't still managed to stay in touch. Um, in terms of opportunities, I think we've all got to grips with Zoom. We've managed to stay in touch that way. We're not averse to picking up the phone, keeping an eye on our neighbours. Obviously, farmers do see each other over the hedges, over the fences. And we're quite good at looking after each other as a community. So I look after something called the Yorkshire Rural Support Network, which really seeks to bring together the farming help charities and other um, organisations who support um, farming families. And that's the whole family. You know, it's, it's not just about the farmer. That encompasses very much the women and, and the families and the staff who work on farms too. Farming, farm life, you know, goes on, whatever. We have to learn to be flexible, to be adaptable. We get up every day, we have jobs to do. It doesn't matter whether we're feeling gloomy or upbeat. Um, there are animals to be fed, there are crops to be looked after. And I think just being able to embrace the natural world and feeling very connected to it in a very physical way definitely helps to lift your spirits, um, you know, even in the darkest of times. My experience of church has always been that it is always they, there for us, um, and whether we are deeply religious or I think everybody still feels um, 
a deep sense of faith because we've had to have faith um, as farmers and growers. Um, and I think that hope does endure. Um, and we just like to keep half an eye on the church in the village. And it's just a symbol for us that there is hope and we must keep going. Our second reading is given by the Reverend Ruth Newton. A reading from the Gospel according to Luke, chapter 12, beginning at verse 16. And he told them this parable. The ground of a certain man produced a good crop. He thought to himself, what shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, this is what I'll do. I will tear down my barns and build bigger ones. And there I will store all my grain and my goods. And I'll say to myself, you have plenty of good things laid up for many years. Take life easy, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, you fool, this very night your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? This is how it will be with anyone who stores up things for himself, but is not rich towards God. Then Jesus said to his disciples, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, or about your body, what you will wear. Life is more than food, and the body more than clothes. Consider the ravens. They do not sow or reap. They have no storeroom or barn, yet God feeds them. And how much more valuable are you than birds? Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to his life? Since you cannot do this very little thing, why do you worry about the rest? Consider how the lilies grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, how much more will he clothe you, O you of little faith? And do not set your heart on what you will eat or drink. Do not worry about it. For the pagan world runs after such things, and your Father knows that you need them. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Early on during lockdown, I went out for a run. Bathed in the first light of morning, I turned off the concrete path here in this village and headed along the riverside. My steps were cautious. Under my feet were tree roots, stones, bits of broken wood. It was so quiet. Not many cars on the road during those days of restricted movement. As I ran, I caught a glimpse of something moving quickly out of the corner of my eye. I looked, and to my amazement, I saw an otter cross the road and take up the path in front of me. My pace-setting companion soon gathered speed and after a few metres slipped down the bank towards the river and disappeared out of sight. I remember quite vividly smiling. I had never seen an otter in the wild before. Nature getting on with its life around me 
without, so it seemed, concern or hesitation. Both of our readings set for harvest reference nature, its beauty and abundance. In doing this, however, they place God firmly in the midst of it. God radiates life and life radiates God. The Israelites are told to remember God. This is part of the covenant relationship and obligation and regard for all that has been generously given to them. We know that the story of Israel involved remembering and forgetting. That is part of our story too. In Luke's gospel, we hear of the parable of the rich man who has everything but in his isolation and in his focus on his own profitability fails to remember his own place in relationship to God. He is, to evoke Luther's words, twisted into self. This leads Jesus to remind his disciples of the dangers of holding on to possessions with words that ring down the ages. Do not worry about your life. Well, okay, Jesus, but really? A global pandemic, climate change, deadlines, work pressures, social media pressures, employment, my next meal, a safe place to live? How can I not worry? It's bold to say it, but our gospel strikes an optimistic tone. It certainly invites us to sit lightly to things that might weigh heavily on our minds. In order to figure out what this is about, it helps us to go behind the text and consider something of its background. Commentators on this passage reflect that the verses of our reading are helpfully understood as an example of Jewish wisdom literature. And there's quite a lot of that in the Bible. Think of the book of Proverbs in the Old Testament. Wisdom literature is literature that encourages us to look at the world as it really is. To remember the bits we might forget about and see in ordinary consequences what we might describe as the how much more argument. The lilies grow. How much more then will God enable each of us to grow? At the heart of Jesus's message is a desire for us to push away our anxieties and move from the very opposite of fear to trust. Being a disciple hopefully means we have a desire to commit to following Jesus and we want to acknowledge this in the presence of God and with our worshipping community in witness to others. That is powerful stuff. That is deep wisdom. C.S. Lewis once said, the next best thing to being wise oneself is to live in a circle of those who are. We don't do this discipleship thing alone. Perhaps that's been one of the greatest challenges of recent months. A man I spoke with earlier this week told me that during lockdown, he had loved being able to enjoy the peace of his surroundings at home. But he had also found the loneliness incredibly difficult at times. Do not worry about your life, Jesus says. I still need a bit of convincing. In a moment, we'll hear a reflection from landscape painter David Stead, who talks about what belonging means to him in the way he paints, the things he chooses to focus on, 
the way the landscape of creation teaches us about our place in it. As you listen to David, allow yourself to find points of connection with your own surroundings and in the things you see from day to day. What do you forget? What can you remember? Ancient wisdom is earthed deep in the ground and manifested in the heavens. God's blessings, we pray, borne out through our creativity as human beings. On this day, we think particularly of those who work the land, care for it and tend to it. We have a part to play in that too. The Bible makes that very clear indeed. And it's not just the physicality of our earth, it's our physicality too. Our neighbour, the faces we do not see, or that we choose for whatever reason not to see. In God's kingdom, all should be welcome. For a number of years, we lived in New Zealand, and I'm very conscious at the moment that as our days are beginning to shorten, the southern hemisphere is turning to spring. There is something quite powerful, I think, in the knowledge that where we see darkness, others experience light. Where we can see no way ahead, others can. How can we share that knowledge? That perhaps is one of the key tasks of discipleship. I am charged with bringing God's light wherever I go. That is both a challenging and a beautiful thing. Worry sometimes, yes, of course, we are human after all, but trust and hope remain. Trust and hope that generates life, love and justice in our world in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Saviour. Amen.
Earlier this week, I visited local painter David Stead in his studio at Norton Conyers. I asked him to tell us about his life and work as a painter and how that relates to themes of place and belonging. So, hello, I'm David Stead. I'm a landscape painter and I've been thinking about the concept of uh, place and how my work is wrapped in that, in that idea. And I was thinking about the things that I do like about it and the things I don't. Place itself, I think, is, uh, is an exciting idea. And, and I like the idea of edges too, so they tend to appear in my, in my work. Um, but the idea of boundaries and borders is a different issue, and that's something that I really don't like. And it seems to stop the, the kind of movement of ideas and concepts, or at least slow them. So... Um, I'm kind of very clear about where I am with this place thing. I've never been one for being um, jingoistic or uh, proud of where I come from or that kind of issue. But I do love the things that I see where, where we are and uh, the countryside. So they often appear in my work, which uh, such as work such as this, which is um, the corner of a field, the idea of the ordinary, something that we all understand. It's like that communication that maybe you see in a cave painting, maybe Lasso in France, where you know there are horses and, um, and perhaps wildebeest and that kind of thing. And I like that direct communication. It's not there to, to pass on anything really profound, although perhaps it is a profound idea, the idea that we understand each other. That's the thing that I really like to communicate. And that's really my main message in painting, that. We, we understand each other, don't we? And it crosses borders and boundaries and countries. And I, I really like that idea of communication. And there are things that are even older than that, like the way the landscape changes, particularly in the north. I used to live in Devon and I found it really difficult to paint when I was in Devon. I didn't understand the landscape. And um, we were there a long time and I just didn't get it. And I it was frustrating, and I think more frustrating than that is when I go back now, <laughs> I do understand it because it's, time's moved on and I've spent a lot of time there since, so I'm painting it again now. But I moved back here to paint this landscape because I caved it and potholed and climbed it, and I understand the geology of it and how it's built. I mean, there are places when you drive up into the dales here where you drive over the terminal moraine from the ice ages. There's kind of, there's, there's various, you know, maybe three or four terminal moraines that you drive over on the way into the dales. And I think that's absolutely stunning, that vast amount of time that we're looking at in this landscape. And then people have altered it too, and it's altered the people. And what's our relationship with it? You know, how does that work? And it's that understanding, the depth of understanding with the geology and the life that this place has led over millennia that I really like, and that's what fires up the work. Um, and there are paintings like the one behind you, which is um, uh, Lindisfarne, but really it's about the edge of land and sea, and it's about the windsill, which is a, an igneous intrusion, a, a volcanic eruption that, that covers the whole of the northeast, and it's blue-black rock that when it gets wet it's stunning and the, the sea's turquoise and the rock is blue-black and I mean I just 
I can't believe it, you know, I'm kind of just drawn to the place and go there and paint there too. But it's that understanding of what's going on. All of the big castles are built on it, uh, Dunstanborough and Bamborough, and all the way up to the Scottish borders uh, where I painted quite recently. So that's my connection to here. And it gets stronger as time goes on. It doesn't mean to say that I'm going to stay here and continue to paint here for the rest of my life, because I think, you know, we all... Um, there's a finite time for things. Some people stay, we're put, and, and I'm not one of those. I think I'd probably like to move on again and go somewhere else and try something new. But I will always be attached to this place. And um, I've got a lot of work out of it, and I'm kind of thankful for that. You know, that's, a, that's something nice to have after all this time. Let us affirm our faith in Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Though he was divine, he did not cling to equality with God, but made himself nothing. Taking the form of a slave, he was born in human likeness. He humbled himself and was obedient to death, even the death of the cross. Therefore God has raised him on high and given him the name above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow and every voice proclaim that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Amen. Our prayers are led by Peter Triffitt. In peace, let us pray to the Father, through the Son and in the power of the Holy Spirit, who make, sustain and renew all things. Heavenly Father, we pray for your church throughout the world that we may be faithful to our baptism. With the dawn of each day, may we be awakened to the beauty of the earth and rejoice in the wonder and diversity of creation in all its forms and colour. Lord, hear us. Lord of life, as all living things depend on the good quality of the air, the soil and water, may your wisdom guide us as we care for the environment. Deliver us from selfishness and rapacious greed. Help us to share the rich resources of this world gladly and justly in the cause of stability and peace between nations and people. Lord, hear us. Lord of mercy, we bring before you areas affected by chronic shortage of water and pray for those suffering as a result of drought or the lack of safe water to drink. We pray for those suffering from the effects of extreme weather and whose environment has been damaged by cyclones, floods, or destructive wildfires. May we better understand the effects of the changing patterns of weather on our planet. Lord, hear us. Lord of abundant life, we give thanks for the rich harvest of the seas. May we cherish the good things you have created and be successful in reducing the pollution in our oceans, rivers and lakes, that life may flourish. 
May your wisdom help us to maintain the biodiversity of our fragile planet. Strengthen our resolve and bless the efforts of all who seek to protect the marine, animal, insect and plant life that are threatened with extinction. Lord, hear us. Lord of creation, you have placed us on the earth to care for it and call us to be co-workers with Christ, your Son. Bless our farmers, those who work in our nature reserves and national parks, in our areas of outstanding natural beauty and sites of scientific interest, and all who are custodians of our landscape. Lord, hear us. Lord of the universe, you have made us from the stuff of the earth, and to earth we shall return. May we tread lightly upon this earth and succeed in the innovation and development of sources of renewable energy and green technology. By your grace, may we live our days wisely, live sustainably, and at the last come with all your saints into paradise and enjoy creation made new. Merciful Father, these prayers for the sake of your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Lord of creation, whose glory is around and within us, open our eyes to your wonders, that we may serve you with reverence and know your peace at our lives' end. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Gathering our prayers and praises into one, we pray with confidence as our Saviour has taught us. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive them trespass against us and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. As the whole of creation looks with eager longing for the redemption of humankind, let us pledge ourselves anew to serve our creator God, the Father who is the maker of all things, the Son through whom all things are made, and the Holy Spirit, the giver of life, who renews the face of the earth. Let us affirm our commitment to care actively for God's creation. Lord of life and giver of hope, we pledge ourselves to care for creation, to reduce our waste, to live sustainably, and to value the rich diversity of life. May your wisdom guide us, that life in all its forms may flourish, and may be faithful in voicing creation's praise. May the commitment we have made this day be matched by our faithful living. 
Amen. 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 Thank you for sharing in our service. Please encourage others to watch it when it is made available after this broadcast. Our greetings and our prayers from the Diocese of Leeds are with you this day, wherever you are. May God, who clothes the lilies of the field and feeds the birds of the air, who leads the lambs to pasture and the deer to water, who multiplied loaves and fishes and changed water into wine, lead us and feed us and change us to reflect the glory of our Creator, now and through all eternity. And the blessing of God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit be with you now and forever. Amen. Amen.